unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today, man? Nathan, I'm good. How are you? To be honest, I'm still a little bit shooken up from last week's episode. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I have the disadvantage of having known about it for a week as, as Marin and I were preparing it. But, ah, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it okay. out. So, so we hit listeners last week with some just devastating news. And I hope that maybe we can bounce back with something a little bit more positive this week. Oh, yeah, we definitely can. Uh, let's just jump into it. So in Hollywood, they have a joke about screenwriters. It goes like this. He's so creative, he doesn't know how to put on a white shirt and a tie. It's a lame joke, but it's supposed to be a compliment. The screenwriter isn't a boring suit. He's more creative than that. Well, there was one guy who was head and shoulders above everyone else in creativity. This guy actually invented brainstorming. His name was Alex Osborne, and he wrote best-selling books on creativity. Most people know about his book, Your Creative Power, but his last book called Applied Imagination, Principles and Procedures of Creative Problem Solving, is much harder to find, even though it was a bestseller when it came out in 1953. Many people think this was his best book. It's very thorough. And most people today could use some tips from the master on creativity, since that will get you better conversions faster than anything else when you do it right. And we're going to talk about that. So we're going to do so by, we're going to dip in to his most important work today. But before we do dip into this, copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So, Nathan, you know, you may wonder, why do we want to take a more detailed look into creativity? I mean, we've talked about that before. And I think the main reason is that it's misunderstood. Some copywriters, believe it or not, think that creativity is a waste of time. And some people have the wrong idea of how to do it. But listen to this. When it's done right, creativity is the most powerful way you can improve the response rate on your copy because creativity can improve so many aspects and dimensions of your copy all at once. Now, it's really impossible to summarize a 417-page book in 30 minutes. So what I did is I picked out the five most important points for business owners and copywriters. Call it a crash course on the best information from Alex Osborne the king of creativity. Let's start with the first thing. Osborne says that imagination 
is the only kind of thinking you can't depend on computers for. Now, he wrote this in 1952, 1953, but it's really more important than ever today because we're seeing huge amounts of huge professions, huge amounts of jobs being outsourced to computers, to artificial intelligence, right? And that includes some professional jobs, um, you know, like law, even medicine, um, accounting, to some degree, can be outsourced to computers. Imagination can't be, um, according to Osborne. Uh, there are arguments back and forth, but for copywriters, um, it's certainly true that at least these days, maybe maybe a bot can come up with a better clickbait headline than you, but when it comes to a persuasive sales message, I still think you need you know, a wet breathing human being, wet breathing, sweating human being. Um, so the quote I, I pulled from the book is the potential power of creative imagination is all but unlimited. Now, here's a great example. Jules Verne, French author, wrote a book called Around the World in 80 Days. A lot of people have heard of that. He also wrote a novel in 1865 called From the Earth to the Moon, where he predicted that humans would go to the moon. And critics made fun of him. They just derided him. They belittled him. And he said back, he said, long before Napoleon Hill said this, he said, whatever one man is capable of conceiving, other men will be able to achieve. He, he knew the power of imagination. The fact that it was his imagination to him was inconsequential. It could be any man's imagination or woman's. Um, so, of course, in 1969, the idea from Jules Verne's book, Man Went to the Moon. Now, that's 104 years later, but that's the power of the imagination. So in copywriting, and, you know, Osborne comes from advertising, the ad agency world, copywriting, imagination is of paramount importance. Not, and here's what might be different about this show. It's not just for the big ideas and headlines and hooks, for bullets, for stories. It's for subheads. It's for guarantees. It's for the way you present it. If you're doing a BSL, it might be the visuals. It might be the soundtrack. Imagination really can make a difference. And we'll get into some specific tools and techniques today. But Nathan, um, you're, you're sitting there, and I, I know you're thinking something, so please say what it is. Uh, just the other day, I was talking with one of my business partners, and we were talking about how much impact sci-fi writers have had on society how so much of our technology now came from the imagination of science fiction writers. So these were the people that imagined it and they actually manifested the world that we have now. So as a copywriter, if you want to manifest a reality for your reader, you have to have that imagination because if you don't have it, there's no way that they can see it and visualize it and manifest it into their reality. So you have to know what it is that they want and you have to be able to use your imagination to make it real. So that, that, that quote, whatever one man is capable of conceiving, other men will be able to achieve both in science fiction and copywriting. The copywriter has to be able to 
envision it in order to make it real for other people to go out and actually achieve it. I think that's a great point. And that, that makes it a lot more real than the somewhat academic stuff that I'm quoting. So thank you for that. Let's move on to the creative problem solving process. Uh, this is what Osborne talks about. And in copywriting, creativity is all about solving problems. Now, problem is almost always how do you present information to your reader in a way they are motivated to take action? Okay. That's usually the problem. It may be another problem. The problem may be how do you describe this very technical process in a way it's that's not boring? Or it may be how do you get someone to believe something? There are all kinds of problems, but um, there are problems. And so there are three steps. And I want to lay them out because most people skip the first one. And it's really important. The three steps of the creative problem-solving process are, one, fact-finding, two, idea-finding, and three, solution-finding. We'll get into two and three later, but let's talk about fact-finding. A lot of copywriters and business owners jump right past step one, fact-finding, into the idea-finding and solution-finding stages. A lot of people don't even stop to think about what a fact is or what the difference between an fact and opinion is, or a fact and a guess, or a fact and a gut feeling. But it's so important when you're trying to solve a problem in a way that's going to work, that you start with the facts that you get as objective and realistic, a picture of the situation you're dealing with as possible before you get into the more creative parts of this process. I think the reason that people skip over the fact finding is because it's usually the most boring part. And if we are somebody who likes the creative aspect, I mean, we're speaking to the creativity and to the imagination. Um, it's hard to utilize those two skills in the fact finding process. Oh, that's, that's a great point. And it's sort of like, you got to eat your vegetables before you have your dessert. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be healthy, financially healthy. Okay. Next step is preparation and analysis. Preparation and analysis, uh, just in terms of coming up with an idea, using your imagination, brainstorming. And what he says that's interesting that most people don't understand and don't do, he says they go hand in hand. In other words, your research, your preparation, and your analysis, your critical thinking, they can happen at the same time. When you have some copy and the performance of the copy is mission critical, who are you going to call? Not Ghostbusters. They don't do copy critiques last time I checked. A lot of people, from the most advanced to the up-and-coming copywriters, reach out to me. I do copy critiques. One client, Brett Alcorn, has hired me 20 times. Yep, 20 times. That's because on the very first critique I did for him, he doubled his conversions on a video sales letter. Every month, I do a handful of critiques for GKIC members. These are copywriters and small business owners who are trained and experienced, but they need another set of experienced eyes to go over their copy to take it to the next level. One A-lister told me I go over copy like an IRS auditor. Now, I wasn't sure whether to take that as a compliment or not. 
but he assured me it was. He said, I can find the one flaw or several flaws in copy that no one else was able to and make winning suggestions on how to fix them. So when you need a copy critique, just go to garfinkelcoaching.com and click on the services tab, garfinkelcoaching.com for a critique. Thank you. And now back to the show. So there's an interesting quote that great author and speaker and my friend, Michael Hyatt posted on Facebook that I want to read to you. The quote is, it's not that I'm so smart. It's just that I stay with problems longer. And the person who said it was Albert Einstein. It's not that I'm so smart. It's just that I stay with problems longer. And I want to share something else with you from a book called When by Daniel Pink. It's a book about timing and how long things take and how to organize your day and when to do what and when to make decisions and all kinds of stuff. He cites the work of a professor, Connie Gersick, at UCLA. She did studies of different work groups that had to come up with a new idea, like a bunch of bankers had to come up with a new banking product and... I don't remember the other ones, but maybe an IT group had to come up with a new user interface. And what she found is the groups would take different amounts of time to come to the end of their process. It could be, you know, take two weeks, it could take two months, it could take six months. But the time was always divided up in almost exactly the same way. Think about this. The first half of the time was inertia. They were going nowhere. It seemed like the time was wasted. It just nothing happened. And then exactly at the midpoint, exactly halfway through, they suddenly started to have breakthroughs and they designed their solution. So say they spent two weeks, you know, treading water, shuffling their feet, looking out the window arguing, drinking, you know, missing their train, not getting to work, whatever. And then the next two weeks, everybody's on course, on mission, on focus. And at the end of that two weeks, they come up with their solution. So here's what's important about this for copywriting. If you really want to have a successful promotion, There is a period of research, brainstorming, and staring out the window that's normal and natural and probably necessary to come up with good creative ideas. But often, people don't see that as productive, so they don't allow much time for it. And according to this, and by the way, I've had the same experience myself. I've never measured it, um, but I think these numbers are right. If you're going to spend five days writing, You should allow five days before that to work on getting your facts and your creative ideas together. And one good idea from Alex Osborne's book is that preparation and analysis of facts, like I said before, not entirely separate from the problem-solving process. You might come up with really good ideas when your intention is just to get your facts lined up and strategies. And as you're generating ideas, you might hit on something that you should explore further in research. It's not a linear process. It's more like a dance. And it's even more like a different space that you visit for a while when you're doing this than when you're actually 
writing or driving or going to the grocery store or whatever. Then the other thing I want to say, he has another point. It's called the basis of finding ideas or the basis of idea finding. And one thing that really stood out for me is something that novelist and A-list copywriter Richard Armstrong told me many years ago. And that is something Osborne said in the book. He said, when they're brainstorming, most people have tended to think up too few tentative ideas as possible keys to solutions. So here's what I think happens. And I know this used to happen for me before I changed my approach. You work really, really hard to come up with one idea. And then you fall in love with that idea and you do everything you can to make it perfect. But that's not the way it works, according to Osborne and according to a lot of examples that he mentions in the book. His thing is quality comes out of quantity. So this is a very frustrating and scary idea if you're not used to coming up with ideas. But you know how you can learn to come up with more ideas more quickly? By coming up with more ideas more quickly. No, really, that's true. It's, it's like a muscle. And it's fine to come up with bad ideas because eventually you will come up with a good one if you keep going. The more you use this muscle, the stronger it gets. Probably his most important point about coming up with ideas is that you combine one idea with another to come up with a new one, or rather you let one idea find another one and you let them pair up. And the technical term for this is association. And... Osborne says, association works harder for those whose imaginative urge is more intense and whose minds are better stocked. That means you know something and you've learned to use your imagination. You've learned things. Um, he says, the more vivid the memory, the more it lends itself to the associative process. That means be curious, pay attention. Learn a lot. Let your mind combine ideas in strange and profitable ways. Um, yeah. Uh, I just want to get your opinion on something. I know that in like drawing and graphic design, a lot of times before we actually hit the project, it makes sense to spend a little bit of time just doodling, getting your hand used to how the flow of the pencil and uh, just kind of just mindlessly sketching some stuff before you actually sit down and try to create your masterpiece. I also know, and, and you would probably be able to speak to this more, uh, a lot of the best musicians like to just do jam sessions where they just get up on stage or they get together with a bunch of their buddies and they don't really have a, a worksheet that they're working off of, a music sheet they're working off of. They just get up there and jam and some of the best music ideas come from those jam sessions. So is this kind of a similar thing, the, the brain having the same effect in copywriting as those two artistic forms? I, I think so. Uh, and that's a, that's a good way to look at it because, you know, when you're writing copy, you, often you feel a lot of pressure, like this has got to work. And the, the brainstorming, the ideation is just the opposite. I'm just doing this. I don't care if it works or not. I don't care if it's, you know, the greatest idea I ever come up with a total piece of crap. Doesn't matter to me. I'm just doing it. So yeah, it, it is. It's very similar to that. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a really, really good Good way to put it. Um, now, along those lines, the one other thing he talks about, and I know his language is a little starchy and old-fashioned, but so it goes. Um, 
that's when he wrote it, and that's what you had to do to get a book published by a major New York publisher. Principles and procedures of idea finding. There's two main things, only two things really you need to keep in mind when you're doing this. First, deferment of judgment. That means anything's okay. No idea is good. No idea is bad. You'll figure that out later. You don't figure that out when you're doing it. And the second thing is quantity leads to quality. Osborne says the more ideas you think up, the more likely you are to arrive at a potentially the best solution. Now, that sounds simple, right? It sounds simple enough. But at the heart of it, here's how it works. Being creative to just generate ideas, learning how to do this and actually doing this and putting time into it and focus into it should be as much a priority for copywriters as the writing itself. Some examples he gives Charles Goodyear with tires and James Watt way back in history developed the steam engine. Many people think these guys were just sitting there one day and you know, like a little Tweety bird falls in their head, delivers an idea to them. But actually, it took a lot of work, a lot of time. They spent a lot of time brainstorming before they came up with a solution that worked. And the same, I'm glad you mentioned music, Nathan, the same idea with one of America's greatest composers of the 20th century, Irving Berlin. And uh, Osborne says, we think of him as turning out one masterpiece after another, but the fact is, between hits, he made scores of mediocre stabs. Now, when he says scores, he means 20s, not the actual sheet music. Um, and like lots and lots. Uh, he turned out so much stuff, according to Osborne, that some music publishers decided to pretend Irving Berlin was several different people because they couldn't mentally handle the idea that he was just one person. So this is quantity leads to quality. And, you know, he, he's like Babe Ruth. He, he, he swung more, he got more home runs, but he struck out more than anyone else too. So that's about it. Um, I think even though I'd heard those ideas before, really getting into the specific nitty-gritty details was helpful to me, and I hope it was helpful to you too as you're listening to this. The key thing about creativity is you'll do well to spend more time learning how to do it and then more time doing it as the first half of your work on any project because you will get better results and you may come up with a real blockbuster hit. If you're a freelance copywriter, you'll also be more in demand and get paid better too. So again, the book, it's out of print. You can get a copy if you really want it. I got this from Alliant International University through California's Link Plus Interlibrary Loan System. But you can find it on Amazon. It's pretty expensive for a book, pretty cheap for what it's worth. Applied Imagination by Alec Osborne. Um, that's about it, Nathan, unless you have any thoughts or questions. I just want to add, we do spend a lot of episodes talking about creativity. And I think one of the things that people should think about is a lot of times when we're talking about some of those just blockbuster pieces that pull in millions of dollars of revenue, nobody ever looks at those and says, wow, that followed a really great template or wow, the, the structure of that sales letter was 
amazing. Usually when I think about one of those, those blockbusters that just hits it out of the park, the first thing that comes to mind was, wow, that was creative. And that's how important creativity is. Yeah, that, that really puts, puts a cap on it. That, uh, that's good. I, I agree. Um, yeah, so they break the mold and, and then other people, you know, try and swipe it and it doesn't work because there's all this stuff, invisible stuff underneath it that the person swiping it doesn't know about. But the one thing you can swipe is these methods for creativity. It is boring in the beginning. It does take extra time, but man, does it ever pay off? Absolutely. David, another fantastic episode, man. Where can people go if they want to check out more episodes of this year podcast? Of course, they can go to copywriterspodcast.com. All right, man. Until next time, I'll catch you later. Catch you later. Thanks. If you found this show valuable and you'd like to get it in the ears of other people, the best way to do that is to subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. This show was brought to you by the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.